Welcome to the Expert Economy Podcast with your host, Naomi Johnson, three times author, LinkedIn guru, profile writer, and founder of The Expert Economy, the place where industry's best thinkers come to glean the tips and wisdom they need to build their business, life, and mindset, and create abundance for themselves and the clients they serve. Now, here's your host, Naomi Johnson. Welcome to today's episode, It's Not Always Procrastination. Today, I want to talk to you about procrastination, which is something that we all talk about. We all probably notice within ourselves in different areas of our lives at different times. And it's something that always comes with a negative connotation. Um, it's something we talk negatively about when we do, it's something we want to avoid, and it's also something that we self-diagnose. We choose for ourselves, this is something I am, I am procrastinating on, it is something I'm not moving forward with. And with that, there really is that level of gestation, self-judgment, and negative self-talk. And if it gets goes on too long, it can really, really blow up your business, especially as an expert entrepreneur who relies on getting things done for themselves, moving things forward and bringing ideas into action, it really can take its toll. So perhaps you are somebody who you know what you need to be doing, you're really, really clear on it, but you're just not doing it. Perhaps you're somebody who's working with a coach who has laid out strategy for you, but you're not moving forward. And each week you come back to that coaching session knowing in the pit of your stomach you haven't done it and you're going to have to confess you haven't done it and just feeling like you're wasting your time, wasting your investment on that coaching and feeling really probably quite embarrassed that you haven't done it and for mostly, mostly embarrassed with yourself and frustrated with yourself um, in a way that if it's left unchecked is just so compounding and can have such a big impact on how you see yourself and how you identify you and who you are. Um, or perhaps you're on a training program and there's a laid out process, things to be done, projects to be worked on, and you're falling behind. You're not getting done the tasks that need to get done. Um, and so you're you're either doing them half-heartedly or you're doing them, but it just feels out of flow and it doesn't feel right. Um, but you want to keep up. You've invested with this group. You're, you, you're in an accountability, accountability group and you want to stay moving forward. But you're just finding yourself really just out of sync and out of whack. You are moving forward because you're doing it because you've got that accountability, but it just doesn't feel right. Um, Or it might be that you're really clear on a new business idea and something you want to do, but you just haven't started it yet. Um, You're just not sure whether it's the right time to start or exactly what you're doing. Now, each of these situations kind of look like procrastination from the outside, but I want to share with you today that it isn't always procrastination and share with you a couple of stories from my own journey in the last 15 years building up my business um, and my my skills and my mindset as a self-employed entrepreneur shifting from poverty mindset. Um, a poverty mindset is the way I brought up uh, a household that wasn't entrepreneurial or encouraged entrepreneurial uh, side of things and having no one around me that was entrepreneurial inside of my family and friends that were on my team and always having to go out and buy in that support or you know buy in financially or buy in as in get that person to actually you know want this 
negative mindset person to actually be part of their group and to take them under their wing and, and keep them around and and what it took to actually to shift that mindset and to really move forward and to get to where I am today um it's been a long journey it's been 15 years um and it's still you know it's still not without its challenges so I want to just po- propose that when it comes to procrastination there are four different um, areas I want to, well, there probably could be lots of reasons for procrastination, but there are four particular ones that really show up um, in this arena that I want to talk about today. So the first one is what you're trying to do. It could be the wrong fit, fit. it could be the wrong thing for your business, or it just doesn't resonate with you on a really deep level. Um, it doesn't feel true to you. The second one is that the timing is wrong. The timing is um it's not the right time for it in the marketplace it's a good idea but the market isn't ready for it it could be that um, you've got other tasks that need to come before in order to formulate ideas and actually get them ready get you ready to actually to to de- get that task done and actually until you've done those other tasks and, and walked the path a little bit more, you're not going to have the clarity and the insight to know exactly how this thing is needing to be structured. And until you have that, it will always be the wrong time. The third one is, is that you don't have the right structure and framework in place to give you the momentum to actually make this happen. And the fourth one is, it's a much deeper issue. There's something happening for you on a really deeper level that means that you're going to have to go back with and do the work within yourself and do the healing within yourself to find out what it really is that you're avoiding. Now, that could be any number of things. It could be anything on the fight, flight and freeze of human beings and how we react and see the world. It could be that you've been hurt in the past and you've got some things hanging around, some residual stuff. Um, or it could be just so deeply ingrained that when something happens, you go into flight or freeze or, and, and you just don't, you don't even know you're doing it. And so the, t- the project gets left and left and left um, and it doesn't get done. And it's a deeper issue you need to go and get some counselling or some help with. So that'd be the fourth one. So I'm going to just walk you through each of these. And I want to show you um, with some stories of my own about how each one of these has come to my attention that they are not procrastination. So um, you may or may not know I'm the author of three books uh, grassroots to green shoots what to put on your linkedin profile and my newly published book the expert economy now when i wrote my first book i was part of a program called key person of influence with daniel Priestley. it was 2010 and it was the first kpi course that he ever ran and i joined the course and i was really eager to do the work and to keep up and to deliver the results and one of the projects was to write a book And so I attended the the day's training and I attended the online webinars that were taking place to keep the momentum going. And I I knew how to schedule my diary and to put time aside. I was working full time um, and also building up my business on the side. Um, I'd already had my own business before and I just had to return to employed work for a, a season. And so this was me bringing myself back out of that time which you can read all about in Grassroots to Green Shoots because that's what the book's about. Um, so here I was starting to edge my way back into business and I was keen to keep up with all of these wonderful experts 
entrepreneurs, influencers, people who are going to go on and do great things. And like I said, when you are somebody who's shifting your mindset, you and, and you need a good community around you. And there's a certain level of needing to keep up um, and be part of what everyone's up to that allows you to stay part of that community. So it was really important to me. So I had my diary planned and I was putting my time aside and I would say, right, seven o'clock, shut my bedroom door. I'm going to sit down and I'm going to write. And I did. And I did produce 12 chapters on time. The only thing about it was it just didn't feel right. So sometimes it, we can be taking the right actions, but it's not the action that we should be taking. It's actually the wrong fit. Something just about this book just didn't fit with me. It didn't resonate with me. Daniel had said to me, like, the things that he'd seen me doing, that they, um, automating people's businesses, organising them, bringing in a lot of the new technologies that were coming out and becoming free or very cheap in 2010, that were transforming the entrepreneurial journey, he felt that would be a really good thing to, for me to master and become a KPI in. In fact, he invited me to the course to, to come and do that. But something about it just didn't work for me. And I was sat there with this manuscript and I was saying, no, this just isn't right. It just isn't right. And even though I had the group to keep me moving along, that was the only reason I wrote it. And it really was the wrong fit for me. And eventually I threw the whole book out. In fact, I threw it out in a dumpster in Japan, in, in Tokyo, <laughs> in Tokyo, in a dumpster, this, this binder with all these printed pages went in the bin. And the reason was because I knew within myself it wasn't the right thing. Once I'd hit on the right thing, that book flew out of me. Grassroots to Green Shoots absolutely flew out of me. I wrote it in eight days whilst working my full-time job in London. And I wrote it from a hotel room in Japan where I was travelling. And um, it just came out absolutely naturally because that book became the right fit for me. Um, and so it really taught me about keeping up with other people when it's the wrong thing. And sometimes that procrastination is, is that not wanting to sit and listen to yourself and actually really be true and honest about what's going on. So, yeah, in that example, I did produce something, but it wasn't the right thing. Sometimes, though, we are going to be sitting there trying to do something and it just isn't right. I used to attend, and maybe you've attended too, lots of these training courses where it's all rah, 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 and then quick, sit down, write to all your goals down, you, and the music's playing, and you've got two minutes, you've got to write all your goals down. Well, one day when I was moving house, I found a piece of paper and it had all these goals listed on it. And I went, oh, I wonder what client this belongs to. And I read it and nothing on that list made it feel like it was mine or anything I'd ever said that I wanted. It felt so alien. I was sure it was a client until I couldn't figure out what client it actually belonged to. And then I realized it was me. They were my goals and they were my goals that I had failed on and not achieved. And it felt awful. It felt so horrible. And the reason was is because they weren't my goals. They didn't come from the right place within me. They'd come from influences outside and they were just the wrong goals. So that's number one. Number two is it's just the wrong time. When I sat down to write my third book, um, I had a blank page and nothing happened. And I'm telling you, nothing happened for two years. <laughs> 
So at this point, I had started up the profile company. I'd been writing LinkedIn profiles for 18 months. And I'd come to understand that even though I knew how to build a business as a key person of influence and to put all the structures behind that meant that the sales funnel fitted and worked for somebody who is in this type of business as a solo entrepreneur and it's just them selling their expertise. Even though I knew that um, and I was bringing that into the profiles that I was writing, I started to recognise that the people I was working with and whose profiles I was writing, they didn't know this. And so in the 90 minute interview I would do to gather the information for their profile, I would start fixing up little pieces. And I'd be like, well, what's your call to action going to be? Okay, that doesn't sound very attractive. Why don't we say that the call to action is this? And you offer people 40 minutes on the phone to go over this, this and this. And we can call it like this. And they go, oh, wow, yeah, that's really good. And I say, and what are your packages? And they'd give me some blurb about something. And I'd go, okay, well, let's organise that. And I'd actually organise them into the project e- product ecosystem. And together we'd, we'd, we'd brainstorm what the name would be and, and we'd put it all together. And I'd go away and I'd write the LinkedIn profile. But what I found was is that because I helped them in that 90 minutes without the theory behind it, they had no connection to what I was actually putting on the profile and why it was going in on, on, on there. Even though it was absolutely needed, they didn't have that connection to own it for themselves and therefore to do it. And so I started to realise that actually if I'm going to do this well, I need people to get return on investment from their profile and I need to cut them to come to me and actually have those things in place. Because sometimes I wrote profiles to people who didn't have those things in place and were just so far beyond the ability for me to actually just say it in 90 minutes and figure it out with them that the profile just took so long and it was so difficult that I started to put a boundary down and say actually I'm not going to work with people unless they've got these things sorted out but I can help people sort those things out so I wrote a training course uh, which became the expert economy it's called the LinkedIn business strategy course as well and same thing just different a brand and and so I knew what my message was and I knew what the problem was and I knew how to solve the problem And I knew that if I was going to get known for this, I was going to need to write a book. And so I set the intention to write a book. And then I appeared to procrastinate and procrastinate and procrastinate. And I just didn't get the book written. And it could look like procrastination, but actually it was just the wrong time. The, The ideas were there for what it should be, but the formulation of how it should come about was not there. So the fourth point on here links to how I solved that, which is the third point of how you move something forward or why you're not moving something forward is because you don't have a structure or framework around you to make it happen. And sometimes that is an accountability group, like I said in the first example, having people around you that you're accountable to. And something about that accountability group that means you're definitely going to stick with it rather than just go, oh, sod it, forget it, I'll just disappear quietly and no one will notice. Um... Structure and framework is really important. So when I discovered that actually uh, there was a problem in the world that needed fixing and before I could write people's LinkedIn profiles, what I did was write a training course. And applying all of my wisdom, I did not write this training course before I sold it. So I came up with the idea of what the training course should be about and structured it into eight section sessions. And I then... Um, put together some sales copy and said what it was. 
I then went out to people I was coming across, meeting, doing sales calls with, and I pitched them the course. That was a low price, but I pitched them the course, and I had, I think, 16 people. I wasn't really marketing or trying, I was just telling people, come do this, and it was about £200, so it was quite a small price at the time, easy entry. And I had 16 people who said yes, six of which were available on a Tuesday night in the local area, six of which... Um, uh, 10 of which were online who couldn't get to me and so what I did was I booked all in one week after the other it's a eight week course one week apart and told people to arrive and for the online I said I think I said Tuesday just now but it was Thursday it was Thursday night and um, come in to the course into my office space I'll, I'll, we'll sit in the conference room and we're going to do this course and for the online people I told them that it was 10 a.m on a Friday so what happened was, is that each week I knew that I had to write this training course. I also knew that if I was trying to write the training course on the Monday, I might not get that thing done. Or I would, I would get it done, but I'd just take four days over it. So instead, what I did was do nothing <laughs> until the Thursday morning. When on Wednesday night, I would go to bed thinking about it. I'd wake up Thursday morning. My brain would have been populating and thinking it all through. I literally would roll over in bed, pick up my laptop, and I would just write this course. I would do a spidergram and figure out all the content that needed to go into it, what all the worksheets were, and I'd do all the PowerPoint. I did the whole lot in a day. I then got myself dressed about four o'clock, went swimming, went to the office, got myself looking tidy and presentable, did all the printouts, and arrived in that conference room at 6.30, and I delivered that course. I could see when things really registered, when things didn't register, when things needed adjusting. And I got some really good stories and examples from the people in the room, which meant that the next, when we finished, I would then go upstairs and I'd make those adjustments and those changes. So I was getting that immediate feedback. And then the next day at 10 o'clock, I was delivering the course, um, applying all these changes, delivering it online and um, recording it, which is now the online course that is currently available on the portal, uh, the training portal that I have where the course sits. And so that's how that course got done. There was momentum, there was a framework, there was a structure, there was a need to get it done. There wasn't any procrastination because when I had the idea, I started telling the people I was in contact with and getting that yes signal that they wanted it and then I made it with them. And that's how it got done. And so um, that kind of push and that kind of shove is absolutely what we need sometimes to get something to actually happen and actually make it work. So if you are kind of thinking about doing a course and you're doing it quietly on your own at home, I strongly recommend not doing that. I'll probably have another podcast on that coming up in soon um, about how to, to not bury yourself away and why. When you create a course, you need live candidates, you need energy into it, you need feedback in it, you need to hear your clients, you need to know what's going on for them. So that is the perfect way to get it done. Um, and I got that course done and it was the biggest achievement of that year and it was eight weeks and it was just, it was done. Um, and it's still there now, uh, four years later and I wouldn't change a thing about it. So, so structure and framework is really important. Now, I did say... Um, you know, the, the course was a solution and the book was to be a solution as well. So now I had the structure and the framework, I thought, great, I can make a book. 
so I got transcripts of the course and I started to write them up and oh it just felt heavy and it just didn't feel right I took myself off to Greece uh, for two weeks to stay in someone's house cat sitting as they came over to England um, and I thought right I'm on my own for two weeks I'm in Greece I'm gonna write this book oh no no I was not but gee did I put the time in did I pace the room did I think about it but it just didn't happen and it wasn't until later I realised that it was the wrong time. And at this point, I was actually getting really good at knowing when the wrong time was. Because as I write LinkedIn profiles, I do uh, the 90-minute interview with a person. I um, then go and research their topic, uh, find out what all the nuances is that I need to convey. I sit there and I think about the audience, who they are, what their mindset is when they come to LinkedIn, what's going to grab their attention, what's not going to grab their attention. And that first opening paragraph that of that summary about section is so, so critical for setting the scene in the context of the conversation. And there's so much to pitch um, to get that person to the sales funnel within 200 characters that it can take a lot of time. It can take a lot of time evaluating different points and thinking, well, I want to say that point. And if this was a book or an essay, I'd say it. But I can't get it into the profile. But how about if I say it in this way, the assumption is there that the conversation is pitched at that level, that it's said in three words rather than a whole paragraph. So a hell of a lot goes into it. And I honestly, it takes time and it takes getting out, walking away, thinking about it. It gets being really like straight in on it. Yeah. Meditating before I get started, calling in all the powers to help me <laughs> to write it doing some of it, walking away and letting my brain just sort it out. Sometimes it requires an afternoon nap, going horizontal often helps, um, but it takes time. And I'm, I've known, I've come to know that as long as I've got my eye on the end result that I'm going to get this thing done, it always gets done. It's damn painful on the way, but it always gets done. It's always in the back of my mind and I'm always thinking about it. But I have to appreciate and understand that when that thing is ready to pop, it will pop and it will be worthwhile. And I always let my clients know that this is how it goes. I say two weeks to you. I aim to get it done in two weeks. I need to know I'm going to get it done in two weeks and set that deadline. But for this to be really good, I need it. It will pop when it pops. And I will always be on it until it pops. And, you know, sometimes the ones that, that are my absolute favourite they pop when they pop and I realised that they couldn't have popped sooner because something needed to happen. Something in the world was changing or something else had to be learnt first before I could get that perspective and move it into place. And so I've come to be really chilled out about it and know that the right time is the right time. And exactly the same thing happened with this book that it wasn't working, it wasn't working, it wasn't working until one day it was working. And I was able to shift out of thinking I needed to convey all the information and go to the why of you need this information. And that was what gave me that turning point on the book. And I sat there, I decided, I went to the gym, I went to the adult area and I sat at the table in the afternoon and I just wrote and wrote and wrote for four hours. And then the next day I came back for the afternoon and I just wrote and wrote and wrote for four hours. And at the end of those two afternoon sessions, I had written the book. Not the book that you can get in your hand right now, but the outline of the book, like all the premise, everything was there. It was 
the structure was there, everything I wanted to say, it was all there. And I looked at it and I realised that it couldn't have happened before. A, because my perspective was wrong and B, because my perspective wasn't mature enough and couldn't have got to that place until it got to that place. And there were events and things that were happening in that time. I, I can't remember what they were right now, but I just know as I sat there, I went, yes, all of those things in my life had to happen first for me to get to here. And now I have written the book. So when it pops out, it pops out. The key is, is you just keep your eye on the intention and what it is that you're trying to do and wanting to do and asking yourself good questions and coaching yourself, always with your eye on the goal, but often just letting it be. One of my favourite, favourite sayings um, in my business and that is written in my book, Grassroots to Green Shoots, which I wrote in 2010, is that you cannot stand over a plant and shout grow. These things grow when they're ready to grow. You literally can't tell a plant to grow. It will do its own thing at its own time. You cannot put a seed in the ground and expect a crop of tomatoes tomorrow. You cannot expect to um, know exactly what the seed is going to produce the minute you put it in there and tell it what it's going to be. And you certainly can't tell it where its branches are going to be. And you can't tell it what day it's going to pop out the bit, the fruit or how much fruit it's going to give. It will do it in its own time. We're putting the seed in and watering it. That's you having your intention with your business. Every day you come to your business and you're doing something and you're being gentle and calm with it and you're allowing it to, to become what it's going to become and nurturing it the way that you would nurture a plant. So you just can't stand over these things and shout grow. They come when they come. And the quicker that you can get into alignment with that and just relax into it and go, okay, fine, that's fine the more you will be chilled out and the more that creativity can just flow through you. So I've talked about um, it being the wrong fit for you. Um, it's not the right project for you. It was never meant to be. It just, it doesn't resonate on a level. Perhaps it's been given to you by a, a training course or a group, or maybe your coach has suggested it. I know I suggest a lot of stuff um, to my clients um, when we're doing the coaching because it's not, what I do isn't pure coaching because I can't say, and if you did know the answer, what would it be? Because they don't know the answer just by the very fact that this is about marketing strategy as an expert. And if they knew it, they could do it. Um, so there's a whole, there's a level of teaching and strategizing, um, strategizing and consulting that's actually going on. And so quite often I give people the solution or, or the idea and I get really excited about it. And often it's the right idea and it gets put into place and it's actioned. Um, but quite often, again, there's those times when it just doesn't happen. I find that if I ask a client about it once and they go, what are you talking about? And they've forgotten. It's the wrong thing. It hasn't resonated. It hasn't fit for them. I could see the logic of it, but they know their business way better than me and it just doesn't fit for them. So if they've forgotten about it, I definitely don't put, put push it. Um, if it just doesn't feel like a fit over time, we can just let it go. So sometimes people can give you things that aren't the right fit and sometimes you can be part of a group and feel a pressure to do something that isn't the right fit as well. And it's really important that you know that. I mentioned the mentoring group. Writing the book was the right thing. The book I was writing was the wrong thing. I also had an experience last year where I was trying to, to um, do a course on self-expression and leadership and the project was wrong. 
And it looked like I was procrastinating, making excuses. I needed to push through. And so I went through all of that emotional stuff. But the project was wrong. Not fundamentally, no one could do the project. It was just wrong in my life path. What I could cope with at that time and what was appropriate and my business needed at that time. Um, Not that the project should be related to my business, but it was, I am my business. I am 100% myself. All of this is on me. And therefore, it was in my field and it was just, it wasn't the right fit. And it was causing a pressure that was just wrong um, and distracting. So sometimes it, the procrastination and not doing something is not about you. It's just what you're trying to do is wrong. Um, the other thing we've talked about is it's just the wrong time. Um, the ideas haven't populated yet. They haven't put, you haven't got the perspective, the insight, the knowledge to be able to just get that thing down on the page. Um, and sometimes it's that you actually just need a better structure and framework um, and to actually to move the thing along with the energy it requires to produce a good result. The fourth one I've mentioned is it could be that there's something deeper going on within yourself. So I mentioned my third book um, that I wrote those um, that I wrote the outline of it within two days, two afternoons. And then I went back in and I started to expand it and to put the examples in and to really just make sure each chapter said exactly what it needed it to say. That took another 18 months. And then the book appeared to be finished. And then nothing happened for two years. <laughs> Absolutely gut-wrenching that that's the case. But it was actually something going on deeper within myself as to why I wasn't doing it. What was also interesting was, is the more I wasn't doing it, the more I was creating a bottleneck in the business that was creating more problems within myself, that was compounding the problem that I needed to deal with, a deeper issue within myself. Um, I'm not going to go into what those things are. I'm still kind of working my way through them. It's great that the book's coming out. It's great that you listen to this podcast, but there were things that we can talk about at a later date that were just holding me back and um, that needed healing at a deeper level. Um, which definitely we're moving through. But sometimes if you if you find yourself constantly coming back and saying, I haven't done it, I haven't done it, I said I'd do it, but I haven't done it, and you know that the project resonates with you, it is the right thing, and probably you do have the formula and it's right there and you've got someone to help you get that formula down and to know how to do it, um, it could be that you are there's something in you that you're afraid of. Sometimes it appeals to our secondary gains, that it's actually easier to play small, that we're actually addicted to playing small. We don't want to play the bigger game. We don't want to go out there and do it. Um, we're getting some gain out of staying where we are and procrastinating. Um, you know, Perhaps it's a, a boyfriend or a husband that you fear will reject you if you were to get up and, and go and do that, or that the person wouldn't love you anymore if you changed too much. Um, those things are secondary gains that you actually prefer to stay exactly where you are. So these things are deeper issues that need to be looked at. And if it keeps happening, then I would strongly um, take some steps towards really going within and saying, what am I afraid of? Am I in flight, fight or fawn um, or fear? Just what is going on? So the takeaways I want you to get from today is really to be aware that it's not always procrastination. It could be the wrong time. It could be the wrong fit. It could be uh, you haven't got the right structures and framework in place to give you the energy. And also that it's, there's something deeper going on within you. 
I want you to know these four things so that you can stop comparing yourself to others. Stop thinking that you are missing something, there's something not right with you, that other people have got it better, that they're doing better than you, that you're not keeping up. I want you to know that it's really important to stay in tune and stay true to yourself. That even though someone tells you that this is the great thing to do, or you might see reminders of it on social media, people doing these strategies and these things, if it doesn't feel right to you, don't do it. it you've got to stay in tune with yourself. Keep looking for what will feel right to you and stay in tune with you so you're being true to yourself. You're not getting bent out of shape, building up marketing strategies and doing all these things that actually just, just aren't you and will knock you out of shape. It's really important that you learn to trust yourself and learn when to say no. I mentioned the course that I did last year. Um, it was a big deal for me to go and do this course because I felt like I was out of integrity with myself. I felt like every time I set a goal, I didn't follow through with it, um, that I needed to have this big push and people around me. But the truth is, it was the, that course was the wrong fit for me. The project was the wrong fit for me. It has had a ma massive draining impact on my business and emotionally and where my healing was, it was just a step too far and it pushed me right over the edge. It took a lot of clawing back from. Um, so even though I had learned to trust myself at this time, it was really important for me to go a level deeper and learn to trust myself when I say enough is enough, I'm not going to do this project anymore I'm not gonna or I'm not going to complete this course, that I'm okay with that because I know myself well enough. And that's really key. I know myself well enough. I know I'm not procrastinating. I know I'm not shirking my responsibilities. I know this is right for me. I trust myself and I don't care what you say to me about it. The other thing is, is to keep focusing on that end goal and asking yourself questions. When you focus on the end goal, where you're intending to get to, what your intention is, you will fall into it. It will bubble away in your mind as you're brushing your teeth, walking the dog, doing the washing up. As long as your heart is connected to that outcome and you're feeling that pull towards it, which means it's the right thing, you're feeling that pull towards it, you're staying true to yourself, you're, you're thinking things through and you're trying them on and figuring them out and having a go and really recognising within yourself, ah, now it's sitting right, now is the way time to move forward. The more and the better you get at that, you will make this work. You will get there. One day it will just pop. I absolutely promise you it's happened for me time and time again that at the right time that thing has just flown out of me. I won't sit and struggle to write a download for days and days and days. I will set the intention for what it is, make some notes around what it is, and then I'll just carry on doing other things and keep thinking about it. And then I sit down and it absolutely pops. And what I find is, is what I've written brings in content and information that I gained the day before and an insight, a perspective that was the day before that and the day before that. And all of those days it looked like I wasn't doing anything. My brain was working on it. It was filtering information and it was bringing in things from around me that was allowing that thing to pop. And it just pops and it just comes onto the page. These things are so important to understand because it really affects your self-talk. It really affects how you chastise yourself and you judge yourself and, and over time build up an identity as to who you are. 
such as the identity I mentioned where I'm like, I have no amount of integrity with myself, I never follow up with my goals, what's the point of setting a goal, I'm not going to follow through. This is all self-talk. And it's all self-talk that's become my identity because I've created enough evidence to prove to myself that it is right. Because every time I've gone, oh, I've done set this goal and I've not achieved it, when it was the wrong goal, or I needed to do this faster but I didn't get it done on time because the timing was wrong, and um, all of these things, um, or I, I set this big goal to, to get a following on social media and be all of these things, when actually psychologically I need to do some internal healing to allow myself to stop being in flight and freeze, <laughs> um, you look at those intentions you set that you haven't achieved and that can create evidence that you are no good, that creates your identity and that is all wrapped up in self-talk that can be taken away with, taken away when you just calm down, you recognise that everything is in tune, everything will come about when it comes about. As long as you have that intention to create and to be and to build and just trust the universe and trust the process and forget the word procrastination there's nothing wrong with you. It's probably just one of these four things you need to look at. And um, there is an order of things um, that they they just flow when they flow. Um, and if you are finding that actually it's really important to know yourself well enough to recognise this. I recognise that the non-publishing of my book, not publishing my book, was starting to hurt me so much more than the going to do the book. And that's when I realised I needed some expert counselling and psychotherapy because the not doing the book was really hurting me, but I couldn't actually do the book either. And so then I was just stuck in this place. And that's when I knew it was it was point four, go get some help. So um, what I want to leave you with as a, as a takeaway action, uh, a point to help you with, with these things, is that if you've got a task in front of you right now that's really, really big, I recommend breaking it down into small parts. So get a piece of paper and a pen and write down every single thing that needs to happen in order for that project to be finished. So I've used the book examples quite a lot and actually I've just got that on the sheet of paper next to me is books and websites. Um, and write down in a different space on the paper. Like I've got, I'll just rattle my paper here as I pull it out uh, for this example I've got here um, the things I'm working on right now which is to do the 2020 version of grassroots to green shoots the the expert economy book uh, the website for the 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 profile company the website for the to the um, expert economy podcast and the download attached to the podcast so what I've done is that's like they take up a bit of space each on the page and I started to write down all of the tasks that need to get done. So the grassroots to green sheets reprint, I'm like, well, we need a new front cover. We're going to need a new barcode because it's a new edition. We're going to need to update the resources page. The content page is need, going to need to be reconfigured. Um, I need the to actually find the ISBN number for it. I need to change the address with the ISBN publishing people. Um, I need to find the old web page that got corrupted and build that back in. Um, I need to update a section on the web, the, the book that needs sorting out. I need to promote the podcast at the back of the book. I want to get these cartoons done. The footer on the bottom of the web page needs fixing for the, the page. 
I need to write a brand new introduction for post coronavirus twenty twenty. Um, da 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 da. Kindle version. Da 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 da. Ah, that's everything I would need to do. I just throw it down on the piece of paper, and then I go to the next one, the next one. I just run all of these tasks down. Then what I've done is I look at the tasks just for the one. So we stick with the grassroots one. Everything I just li listed there. And what we do is we look at it and we say, what is the most logical order of steps here that I won't trip myself up by starting a task and realising I can't finish it because this task needed doing first. So, for example, reconfiguring the content page of the book is one thing I could do right away. It's just a few clicks of the button. But what would be the point of doing that if the new introduction isn't written and the number of pages that that's going to take up knocks the whole content page out, out of sync? So number one, I put a number one next to write the new introduction. Number two on here is to add in the uh, expert economy book words at the back. Um, number three is to get the cartoons because that's going to knock the content page out. So they're on order. Number four is to write about the podcast at the back of the book. Number five is to do the resources page. So you can see everything starting to stretch. Um, then number six is to do the content page, at which point I know how thick the book is, which means I can then go and design the thunk front cover because I know how big the spine is. So you can see that like, I'm actually itching to go and, and redo that front cover. It's an easy task. It's one I can do when my brain's getting a little bit slower in the end of the day, get a bit creative. But I'd be wasting my time completely and utterly because it won't be the right size, because the spine isn't the right size, because I don't know how long the book is going to be. Um, so you can see like the need to write down all these little tasks and then order them. And then you can look at them and take them one at a time. Now, write the new introduction. I actually haven't done it yet, but I did manage to, because I went onto the other list, the, the, the actual book list, write the words for the book. I actually managed to get those words written for the back of the book, which means that that can go into the grassroots to green sheets book as other books by this author. So I managed to tick that off. Um, and I also was able just to tick out, tick off some other stuff because I was in there getting the ISBN and barcode for the other book. So I just picked up the other one whilst I was logged in um, and saved that. So I could tick that off the list, even though it wasn't the, in the right in the same order as what I said, because the other list got it done. Um, but if I hadn't had that list, I wouldn't think, oh, do you know what? Whilst I'm logged in here, I can get both barcodes because it wouldn't have been in my consciousness to get by both barcodes. And also, when I look at that product, project and say what's left, what's required, I won't know what's left and what's required. And I'm not trying to do too much too big. I have a methodology. For all kinds of purposes, I have a methodology because I wrote down all of these small tasks that are so quick and easy to tick off and so satisfying when you tick them off. And I've ordered them in a logical way that I don't trip myself up when trying to, to deliver them. So... So yeah, so it's not always procrastination. There are four ways that it, it could be. Um, it's really important to be on top of this for your self-talk. And when you're just getting on with stuff, just, just start writing this list because you will start to see what needs doing and what you could be doing and just getting that momentum into the project uh, because it doesn't look big and momentous. It's that elephant example of um, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? But let's order the bites so that you actually don't have to open your drawer up way too big. We don't want to talk about eating meat. That's just bad. But um, not that elephants meat. But you know what I mean. 
Um, so yeah, so this is about making it bite-sized and approachable and you just pick off the bits that you can do and you're constantly moving forward and that constantly moving forward and that intention towards what you're doing, it will get there in the end. So take care of yourself, talk my friends, take care of yourselves, stay true to yourselves, learn to trust yourself um, and good luck with it all. Good luck with your projects and I hope this has given you all of the insights you need to, to just get yourself moving and feeling wonderful about yourself and creating abundance for yourself and the clients that you serve. I hope that you enjoyed this episode and you join me again for episode four, where I'm going to be talking about how to accelerate your success by leveraging trust in your network. Um, if you haven't done so already, I invite you to come and download a copy of my book, the Expert Economy, a step-by-step methodology for self-employed business owners to quickly establish their business and get paid their worth. All you need to do is come over to my website www.theexperteconomy.co.uk and you can download a free copy of my new book now. I look forward to seeing you next time.